Father, we thank you for the anointing of your spirit. As we come humbling ourselves to receive of you, we ask that you speak to us, that you reveal your truth to us. Show us your face. Change us forever. Let Jesus alone be glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. All right. So last week, Sunday, by God's grace, we started our conversation fit for the master's use. Fit for the master's use. And our anchor scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 19 all the way to 21. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are ease and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And we were able to see what iniquity is last week. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet sanctified and fit, sanctified and solid for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So last week we began to lay the bricks on the recruitment process where God has tasks to be done. There is work to be done. From previous series, it's almost as though God is putting layers on these things. We know that God's plan is cities. All right? That's really his goal. That's really where he's going to. to. It's, an over, it's a kingdom overall. It's a kingdom domination agenda. All right? And he, he wins at the end of the day. We know that. We, this is a game that we are not watching to find out the final score. This is a game where we are privy to how it ends. However, the way the game looks now, it doesn't even look like we're in the game. It's not, it's not like we're losing. It doesn't even look like we're in the game at all. But I've come to you, I've come to announce to you, bride of Christ, I've come to announce to you, body of Christ, that it ends in victory, it ends in triumph. It might not look like you are winning right now. It might not even look like you are in the game. This is not even about throwing in the towel. It doesn't even look like you showed up for the fight. But guess what? The fight has been fought already. The victory has been secured already. We won. Glory to God. So we went to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and we began to build from there an important discourse between the prophet Samuel and God. The prophet Samuel who had the ears of God. Verse 6 and verse 7. We'll pick it up from where we left last week and you are going to be blessed this morning. Glory to God. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, surely, surely, most, most, this is like in, 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 in the New Testament, it's like saying verily, verily. The Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. Don't look at his height. Don't consider his stature. Because I have refused him. Why have I refused him? There is a place that I start my check from. I do not begin with countenance and height, no. He says, I begin from a place. For the Lord sees, not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. 
The Lord begins from the heart. The Lord calls them to be with him first and then he sends them forth. He calls them to be with So there's something about this heart that God starts with and that is our work this morning. What exactly is God checking for in the heart? Three things. We're going to be blessed this morning. Please remember these messages. Keep them. Save them. Bookmark them. Archive them. Revisit them. They are for your edification. They are for your building. I went, I spent the last week listening to a lot of old, old messages. I was blessed all over again. I was like, who is this preaching? Was this said? Glory to God. I said, glory to God. All right. So last week I had told us we'll begin from Hebrews chapter 9. For those of us who have been fasting, because we're in a season of fasting, and for those of us who have been following our group desire to complete the epistles in this month of June, we are in the book of Hebrews already. So if you've been doing your exercises, you will have seen this scripture. The Lord told me it was, it was, it was as though when we finished last week's service, I heard a statement, and the statement rattled me a bit. I had to go back to scripture and look for it. And it was when we were reading Hebrews, I saw it. So I had to send this scripture to them quickly. I said, put this before Hebrews 9. I know we are beginning from Hebrews 9, but you need to give us Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. We have to, we must begin from there today. And what is the statement? The Lord said to me, listen, listen church. He said that when Moses was, was beckoned to the mountain, to God's presence, what he saw was a person, not a structure. Era told me, and I know who that person is. Remember, I've told us, the favorite answer to every question God asks you is Christ. It doesn't matter what the question is. If, he says, if God says what is 2 plus 2, and you say 4, you'll be like, hmm, not bad. So what is 2 plus 2? He said, Christ. Ha, he said, yes. He's pleased, delighted in the sun. You, you can't, you, we don't, we don't, I don't think we understand it yet. Glory to God. If you really spend time to go back to visit the process of Moses going to that mountain. I will commission the Israelites and said, I'm leaving you to your elders. I'm leaving you with Aaron and with her. My, my minister or servant, Joshua, you can come to the foot of the mountain. He says, Moses climbed up. It was there for six days. They saw the cloud. For six days, nothing happened. On the seventh day, the Lord now spoke. You will understand the implication of that shortly. So, exactly what does Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 say? Let's read it. It says, Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. I couldn't get beyond that. Shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, behold, saith he. That thou maketh all things according to the pattern showed unto thee in the mount. Now, everyone under the sound of my... I don't know if we can make this more practical here. But you can only have shadows. There are two important things that you need to have shadows. You need the original object and you need light. You need the original object and you need light. If you do not have those two, you, you, you have no right to call it a shadow. Therefore, what really Moses was privy to see was the personification of Christ 
And the best way to adapt it in time to a generation that was not ready to receive the Christ was to reconfigure it into a tabernacle with measurements and with parts and with utensils that were heavily symbolic. This might sound a bit familiar to some of us who remember understanding priesthood. A shadow. A shadow. We read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that God is able to sanctify us wholly, completely, spirit, soul, and body. And that, that's really how we are moving. We are starting from the heart today. By God's grace, next week we'll go to the soul, the mind. And in the last Sunday, in the month of June, we'll talk about the body. Hmm. That, that sermon, you guys have to pray for me. It might rattle some people. But His grace is sufficient. Glory to God! So what exactly is it about the heart that God is saying? I, I checked earlier for it. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. We, we are compiling the heroes of faith. Yes, I permitted Rahab to be there. But there are some else that could not make it to that list. They, 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 they might have looked okay on the outside, but this thing was not in their heart. Even though, even though a profession was our lot on the outside, there was something about her heart that she was still able to believe that I've heard about the God of Israel, and we know the fear of you has consumed us. We know that your God not will give, has given you, whereas the ones who were meant to be children of the covenant were saying, we're like grasshoppers. There was something about their heart that could not receive God's word. Even, this, even though this lady, we don't rate her, we don't put her on any pedestal, there was something about her heart that could hear of the same God. This one's experienced it. She heard and believed. They experienced and doubted. Hmm. What, what, what exactly is inside this heart? What is inside this heart? Are, are you ready to look in with me? To see what is in this heart? The, the beauty of this is you, you cannot leave today's service and now go to Amazon or go to Walmart. Say these are the things inside this heart. Order. Then it is now delivered to you. It has come. God is now, now in the heart. So let's start. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. The psalmist cried when he discovered this. He says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. A picture of the heart. Interestingly, my meditation on this started many, many years ago. I never dreamt in my wildest imaginations that I would pastor a church. Many, many years ago, I was watching Pastor Matthew. He was teaching at a men's conference. Unrelated, like men's conference. He was teaching. And he was using it in passing. He said many things, but this part stuck. He said something, and that was what ticked off my meditation. It was given an illustration. He said sexual activity is so intimate in marriage that it is an activity of the holies of holies. He said it in passing. It is an activity of the holies of holies. And then he continued his, his, his talk. He just talked. He just talked with me. I said, this, this, there's something about the spirit, about the heart of man, the intimate place. We need to go back to that place and look at what was there. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. It says, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is, the, which is called the holiest of all. Verse 4. So, what exactly is God looking for in this heart? It says, it had the golden censer and the ark of covenant overlaid round about with gold. 
wherein was the golden pot that had manna. The golden pot that had manna. Number one, the golden pot that had manna. The golden pot that had manna. Number two, it contained Aaron's rod that budded. Aaron's rod that budded. And number three, this heart. Remember, we are no longer talking about a building. We are no longer talking about a structure. We are no longer talking about a tabernacle. We are no longer talking about the shadow. The, the substance had been fulfilled in Christ. And we are gleaning there to experience, to learn by experience in this heart that God will work with. In this heart that will be sanctified to honorable works. There will be three critical components that can secure the heart. He says, when, when, when he says that I'm taking away a heart of stone and I'm giving you a heart of flesh, it's a, it's a heart I can work with. And these are the constituents you will find in the heart. You will find manna there. You will find Aaron's rods that bordered there. And you will find the table there. For any heart that is not able to host this tree will be a heart that will constantly experience rebellion towards God. Any heart that cannot host this tree will be a heart that will continuously be at rebellion with God. Hear me, child of God. Any heart, it doesn't matter what generation you belong to. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what your denomination believes about dressing. He's saying that we will start from the heart. Any heart, hear me, any heart that cannot host this tree. And these are deeply, deeply, deeply symbolic. And thank God because light is shining on us this morning. I said light is shining on us this morning. Not just for shadows, but to see the real image. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you take me back to Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5? I know we've moved on. But if you have it in the Amplified, if not, let's move on. If you have Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, thank you, you have it. Thank you. The guys, these guys are the best. They are the best. Glory to God. It says, but these offer service merely as a pattern and as a foreshadowing of what has its true existence and reality. That is really our meat this morning. The true existence and the reality. I just wanted to emphasize that. Glory to God. So, number one constituent in this art will be the golden pot of manna. The golden pot of manna. Number two constituent in this art will be Aaron's rods that bordered. Number three constituent will be the tables of covenant. A heart that can receive God's law. A heart that can receive, not fight, not despise, not explain, not rationalize, not push back. A heart that can receive God's law. We'll break it down and emphasize the implications of this in the new covenant. The golden pot that contained manna. The golden pot that contained manna. Hear me, child of God. If indeed we are going to see ourselves being used for God's honorable purposes, the number one thing we must fix with our heart is our appetite. Appetite. And that's what the manna signifies. God has a desired appetite for you. God has a choice menu. He has, he has, he has, it's just the way you go to a restaurant and you are looking at the menu and you are looking and there is a chef's special. There is a, there is a meal for the day. There is a preferred meal for, for, this, for, for you. God, God in his infinite wisdom he prepared a meal for his children and said, this is, this is what will satisfy you. 
hear me and follow, child of God. He says, this is what will satisfy you. And God's children said, no, this is not what will satisfy us. This is boring. We don't even know what this is and we don't want it. Interestingly, if we had not seen life before, we would think this is the best. But you, Moses, you, Aaron, and your God, we don't understand this dry food you want us to eat now. Thank God we've tasted garlic before. Thank God we've had onions before. Thank God we've experienced steak before. Thank God we've had barbecue before. This thing you've brought to us, you expect us to eat this. The only difference was that this was food they were meant to eat for 40 days, not for 40 years. They refused this food and they prolonged their journey. Hear me, this is, the, this is what happens to hearts that fight God. When you read the book of Judges, the book of Judges, if you summarize the book, it teaches us that God is a merciful God, yes. And the people sinned against God. You can literally pick any chapter in random in Judges. And the people sinned against God. And they cried unto God. And God had mercy on them and sent them a deliverer. And there was peace in the land for X minutes. Up next. And the people sinned against God again. The, what was constant there was God was always merciful when they cried upon him. But they lost time. Every time they lost years, years in oppression, years in pain. It is true God is merciful. But if you are going to say, God, this is your appetite, I don't want it. I don't want your appetite. I don't want your meal. I want to fix my own appetite. I want to run my own show. God is saying that heart, I've checked it, I've refused it. I've checked it, I've refused it. A, a heart that cannot accept my dictates as its appetite. And hear me, appetite like taste is acquired. Appetite like taste is acquired. It is acquired. And when you find yourself desiring things that are not principally present, it's a time for you to say, God, there's something going on here. I've left manna now. I'm desiring garlic. I've, and I said this figuratively, garlic is good, it's healthy. Don't get me wrong. But these were the things that the, the, the folks who were delivered were longing back for. And God is saying, there's something that brought you. You, you, you. you can't be desiring that you didn't leave that relationship. You can't be desiring that you are not born again. It's, it's, Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16 verse 15. God has his choice appetite for us. And he's checking for this in your heart. What, what is your heart really longing for? Let's break it down now. What does your heart really long for? If sincerely 5 a.m. tomorrow we wake up and God just shows up physically in front of you. And he says, what do you really, really, truly want? What do you really want? You'll be shocked what many will ask for. You say, God, God, what do I really want? Are you kidding? Are you? And God says, I'm not kidding. What do you really, really want? I, have you thought about it for a second? That what do you really, what, what is all of this really about? What is that? Well, six figures in the bank, multiple estates and properties, perfect credit score, good grades, great job, beautiful wife, Handsome husband, tall, dark, handsome. Tall, yeah, I think that's how they say it. Wonderful wife. I say wife before I be. Praise God. Is that, really, is, that, is that really what it is about? No, picture it for a second. Picture it for when, when he says, what do you want? What do you, what do you truly want? Exodus chapter 16 and verse 15. I remember a story I heard, true life story. True life story. 
about someone who was very close to one of the ex... So when I say head of state, you know this was the military regime. Close, I think I've shared this in KICC before. Close to one of the past heads of states in Nigeria. And they were just having a casual conversation. And the head of state, this person said, you know, I, I follow all these religions and all these religious activities. And I've come to conclude that what you people really want is just more money. That's what he said. And there was one of his aides who was a Christian and said, no, that's not true, sir. That's not true, sir. I said, what do you mean that's not true? He said, I've, I've been around long enough. I've interacted with your people long enough. I've come to the conclusion that what you guys are really about is more money. And the guy said, no, I know you've met a lot of pastors. You've met a lot of men of God. But you've not, really, you've not met my pastor. I wish that person was trained enough to say, you've not met my Jesus. Because this head of state said, okay, if you say you've not met my pastor, let me meet him. He said, my, master, my, my, my pastor is a man of integrity. He's a man of integrity. And he says, oh, invite him to Asorak. Invite him to the presidential villa. Let's, do, let's just have a chat. This is not a bet. This is just, but I just want to prove to you that really when push comes to shove, what you guys are about is really more money. And I've come to announce to a generation, if what we want is more things, if we can't settle it, that the primary desire, the primary appetite of this heart will be his meal, his manna. This is not the heart he can work with. So they set up the meeting. Invited this man of God who was in awe, seeing the president, the head of state, and they started talking and talking and just having a chat, having a chat. And the, the, the head of state, of course, busy schedule, just went straight to it. He said, so what can I do for you? I really want to help you. Ha. My elbow. And the man of God said, we have this building project. That was the first line that came from his mouth. The aide that set up the meeting, his head drooped. His head drooped. He said, we have this building project. It's a multi-million dollar building project. It's going to house a lot of people to allow us to do a lot of ministry. It's will. It's will. The head of state said, no problem. It will be my joy to support the project. I will support you. Okay? He said, God bless. Is that all? He made sure he asked. He allowed his aid to. Is that all? He said, that's all, sir. Thank you so much. Are you sure that is all? That is all, sir. He left without telling him about Jesus. So after the meeting, he called his aide. I, I told you. I told you. I'm not doubting that your man of God is a man. I'm just telling you that really and truly, what you guys are really about is money. Hear me, child of God. We need to fix this heart issue that our primary appetite is for his manner, his own meal, our, a, 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 an unflinching desire for him. Exodus chapter 16 verse 15. And when the children of Israel saw it, God had been the chef, the king of kings, the most high had entered into the kitchen of heaven. And he looked at them and said, my children need a kind of meal. A meal that sustains through the wilderness. A meal that brings people out triumphant. A meal that shortens seasons and that, that amplifies graces. A meal that can ensure that this journey will not be one second extra. A meal that only those who truly believe can eat. They saw it and they said to one another, it is manna. For they wished not what it was. And Moses said unto them, Moses said, you have called it manna, but let me tell you what it is. And this is really what it is, even though we call it manna. I'm happy Moses, the servant of God, gave us the definition. He said, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is it, oh. This is it. 
this is this is the bread the lord you you will you might ask for something else they did you will get something else they did he said but if, if you go back and still ask god tomorrow what should we eat god will tell you this one i made it for you eat it number one manna number one manna the heart that god will work with for honorable purposes is a heart that has pushed every other thing down the cadre. And the number one priority of that heart is a sincere appetite. I wake up in the morning, my first inclination is not, did I get more likes? Do I have new followers? Has that check cleared? I mean, these are these, we are on earth, let's be sincere. These are things that we will still check on. It says, but the, 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 the object of my, of, of my obsession the primary desire of my heart is for him and for his presence. Psalms chapter 63 is a psalm that documents appetite. It's a psalm about, we'll just speak a few verses. Verse 1, David the psalm is the one who God says, this is a man after my own heart. Let's listen and hear from him. Oh God, you are my God early. You can see the, the, the language of appetite. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for thee. I long for your manner. Before I start feeding on the food of the world, before I start scrolling and seeing images that I did not solicit for, before I start seeing hot takes and people's opinions on social media, I have fed on your manner first. I have received, I've seen your face first before I'm seeing people. That sincerely is the biblical definition of favor. That you've seen his face and then you have seen people. People have no choice. But to respond to the fragrance that you've come out with. But we want to go and meet people first. And we are now dragging his favor. Favor, come and meet me here. And he's saying, hey, hey, I was waiting for you. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land. He's not talking necessarily about a desert. He's giving you a picture of our world today. That the food of the world today is dry. The water of the world today is thirsty. Come on, that's some deep paradox and I hope someone is receiving instruction by the Spirit. The satisfaction of the world is empty. All of their pleasures are empty. It, see, it digs a digger pit every layer you unlock. And you go deeper. How deep do you want to go before you discover that there's nothing there where no water is? Let's keep a few verses and go to the next one. Psalm 63. You can read the whole chapter. Let me jump to verse 6. It says, when I remember thee upon my bed. What kind of appetite is this? You've gone through the day. You've seen people. You've fought battles. You have, you have, <laughs> you have wives. Pardon my French. You have children. You have, you have court cases. You have battles. You are strategizing for the Philistines. Strategizing how we attack Moab. Take them on. Really? You get on your bed. You have nothing else to think about? When I remember thee upon my bed. I meditate on thee in the night watches. He said, I'll wake up again and I'm thinking about God's faithfulness. This is the heart. Child of God, this is the heart. Let's pick one more verse from Psalm 63 because of our time. Let's jump down to verse 8. It says, my soul follows hard. Hard. If your, if your Christian walk has not been described as being almost fanatical, you are not following hard. If your friends are not complete, is it only Jesus you post about? What do you want me to post? Send it to me. What do you want me to post about? Water, dryness, desert. Okay, jokes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to laugh. 
having laughed, what next? It supports this cause, supports this hashtag. Having supported, what next? I would rather give you life what can truly change you. You can scroll past it, that's on you. But I shared it. I shared it. My soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. He's saying this is by grace. You know David saw the new covenant. He says, I'm following hard, though, boys. You're really and truly. It is God who is at work in me to will and to do. Your right hand upholds me. Your right hand sustains my hunger. I'm waking up. I want new manner. I want you first. I know I've got bills to pay, but I want you first. Sincerely, that's my appetite. I want you first. Your, your, your subscriptions are beginning to wonder what's going on in your life. Are you changing? They are beginning to send you deals and send you deals. And you're saying, hey, hold up, Netflix. I've got new appetites. Hold on shows, hold on books. I have to finish this Bible five times, ten. See, when, when his appetite engulfs you, we will be the ones telling you to calm down. And you say, PD, I'm sorry, you started this fire. You started this, I'm not calming down anymore. And these things can't be sold. These things can't be acted. These things can't be pretended. It's either, it's either it's your appetite or it's not. And it's the beauty of this is he sees your heart. He knows your real appetite. When you say, Father, I thank you, eternal rock of ages, he knows where you are going. He knows what is coming next. He knows you are waiting, pity, saying, Jesus, name, let's get into it. He knows but when you begin to love him truly. Some mornings, there are times in our 5 a.m. prayers, it's almost happened before. We almost can't even get into the business of the day. We're just loving upon his presence. And I'm just there saying, Father, thank you, Jesus. What an army you are raising. People that understand that there is bread you have chosen for us to eat. They failed the test of the wilderness. And let me tell you, really, this bread is eaten by fasting and feeding on his word. And we've talked about that. That's really how this bread is eating. It's a fast because it won't pleasure your eat. You, you won't get all. You, it's, not a, it's not a nutritious meal. It's a meal that will make you focus on the bread of life. That's, that's the priority. It's not to fatten you up. It's to, it's, to, it's to fatten your spirit man up. Glory to God. Settle your appetites. Appreciate the Lord's fast. Someone is saying, so pity, what do I do? I don't, I don't even desire anything. You go to him. He says, your right hand has a... Has a you're saying, God, where is your hand? Saying, God, help me. I want you to be my desire. I am, going to, I am going to put it in my discipline until it becomes my appetite. I don't know anybody here who loves going to school. You really love school. You are just like, oh, wow, I've graduated now by miss school. I'm going to call my profs. You know, I just want to come back. I just, let me just sit there, you know. I just miss the class. Is there anybody like that? <laughs> Is there anybody like that? But you, but you did it. Appetite. You will, you will organize your schedule until the, your taste buds have been reconfigured for his presence. Let's move on because of our time. Number two. Remember, number one is a heart that has settled its appetites. Number two is a heart. So let's, let's talk about the symbol first and we'll, we'll come to what it is. Aaron's rod that budded. What exactly is this? This is a heart that is, how do I say this? What, what side can I go to? 
how do I say this? I can go to this side. Number two is a heart that has settled murmuring. A heart that can never murmur. When you take out time, and we are touching this, maybe if the Lord permits later, we might zoom in. But next week, by God's grace, we are going into the soul. The soul that God can work with. Having settled the heart here. There, there is something about Aaron's rods that budded. Something about Aaron's rod that bothered. When you begin to look at the story in Numbers chapter 15, Numbers chapter 16, Numbers chapter 17, there was too much murmuring in the land. The Israelites will come together and say, Moses, why? What makes you special? What makes Aaron special? There were these rebels that led the coalition. Korah, Dathan, Abraham. They gathered some Reubenites and said, what is special about you? There was constant murmuring. And God will tell Moses and Aaron, Get thee away from the congregation. Let me consume these people. Let me, let me. And you say, you are a merciful God. You are slow to anger. You are a gracious God. You will not destroy it. They will intercede, intercede, intercede. That cycle was too much. God says, I want to bring ends to murmuring. I want to bring ends to murmuring. So what was God's end to murmuring? Numbers chapter 17. Let's read verse 2 to 5 quickly. I will jump to verse 8. I believe God is helping someone this morning. Numbers chapter 17. Speak unto the children of Israel and take of every one of them a rod. This rod here is not like your typical grocery store walking stick. It's essentially the branch of a tree. No roots, no leaves. Branches cut off. So just the stick, the stem. According to the house of their fathers, of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, 12 rods, Write thou every man's name upon his rod. So label it. That's what we're saying. Label it. Verse 3. And you shall write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. And for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. Verse 4. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony. Where I will meet you. You will bring it to the place of my presence. I can, there's something I can do that can bring an end to murmuring. It can bring an end to the questioning. It can bring an end to this. Are you called? Are you not called? Are you? It, it, it says we can end all of that. Verse 5. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, the man's rod, glory to God, the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me. I need you to understand this, this verse. Numbers 17 verse 5. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. God is saying that there is, a, there, is a, there is a technology in the spirit that silences murmuring. It's a technology called Aaron's rod that budded. Remember, no root, no soil. No plants, no manure. No fertilizer. All these sticks did was to come into the presence. And there was a place they could go to and the presence could check. The presence could skip. It could go, it, this is not random spray of presence. He says he can find the heart there. He can find the one. He says the one I have chosen, I can pick it. And when I pick it, guess what happens? It blossoms without roots. Boy, oh boy. Can I just prophesy for a second? We'll come back to the, to, to the teaching. Can I, just, can I just prophesy for a second? I speak over your life. 
that the Lord will silence the murmuring of oppositions. In the mighty name of Jesus, every voice that is constantly, constantly checking you, facts checking you, skill checking you, category checking you, color checking you, telling you you are not worth it, telling you you do not deserve what God is doing in your life. Guess what? You've not even seen blossom yet. You've not seen, it says in one night, in a 24-hour period, blossomed. Why? Because of his presence. He says, I have chosen you. And I pray for you. You chose. I'm not saying God should choose you. God is saying, I have chosen you. For you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people. Chosen people. Peculiar. Peculiar. Chosen people. The key word there. Chosen. I have chosen you already. And I will cause your life to be fruitful. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will silence the murmurings. I will silence the questions. I will silence the questions. I will put my stamp on you. That you are my son, that you are my daughter, that this is my project, that I was the one that authored this, and I will finish it. Thank you, gracious Father. Glory to God. Number one, this art has sorted its appetite. It feeds on manna. Number two, this art has silenced murmurings. 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 Aaron's rod that boarded. Aaron's rod that bordered. Aaron's rod that bordered. There is a heart that has lost its ability to complain. Did you hear that? There is a heart that has lost its ability to complain. You wake up in the morning and the, 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 the cooker is not working and you have a hard, hard schedule. There is a heart that sincerely cannot complain. Father, just released favor this morning. What is this? What is this? There is a sincerely. It, 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 some of you, this is the part of this sermon you will remember because it's funny, but it's true. There is a heart that has lost. You don't understand. It has lost its ability to complain. There is a heart that is driving up, driving, driving. You are driving your new car, the car you just brought to PD to bless. And PD is like, glory to God, amazing car. And you are driving the same car and some, 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 Some funny person just drives into you and suddenly your precious car has a dent. There is a heart, hear me, child of God. There is a heart that has lost its, I'm, I'm trying to, to paint pictures. There is a heart that has sincerely lost its ability to murmur. It's lost its ability to complain. You were so sure, I heard God, God told me, God, and he comes out, there is sincerely is a heart. That has lost its ability to complain. You are literally almost dying. Almost dying. Literally on the, on the fringes of, of gone. There is a heart that has lost its ability to complain. This heart sincerely cannot complain. This heart sincerely cannot. This heart can, can try. It, it is not there. This is Aaron's rod that has bordered. It is a silencing of murmuring. A heart that has settled its appetite. A heart that cannot complain. You know why this heart does not complain? It knows that God is my source. God is my source. It's not necessarily root. It's not soil. My wife is in the room. She's suddenly become a plant, plant auntie, plant sister, plant mom. <laughs> and now she has initiated her two daughters into the plant life. Those ones to come back and they, are, they, they want to go and water their, their babies. Alright, so by, by all means, I'm also a plant dad. Glory to God. I'm sure they'll be very happy to hear that. 
But this is the point. Not all plants need soil and sun to grow. Our lives will not be products of soil and sunlight. Our lives will be products of his presence. When you begin to understand that, it brings a silence to murmurings. Can you please put on our screen Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, verse 22 and 23. Let's just read two verses. You know, this is interesting. Kings with armies had gone to fight. They couldn't fight. If you should, if you should read this, you, you, if you read Genesis 14 earlier, they took the, the battle to a slippery place, a slimy place. All of them were just starts very deep. That is extremely deep. They took it to a slippery place. And he says they captured the people of Sodom. Lot was captured. The women captured. Goods captured. Possessions captured. And they said somebody ran and went to the plains of Mamre. And found the servant of God and said, Abraham, Sodom has been destroyed and captured. Abraham said, how is Lot? He's gone too. Abraham didn't have to, to rouse military. He says in his house. He, I'm sure he just picked up the telecom. Eliezer. Gather the guys. We are going. Those of us who didn't say where. See, when God is your source. <laughs> when God is your source. See, you will have finished doing it before you now go back and say, wait. What audacity did I operate on? What a, how many men in my house to go and fight kings that kings could not defeat? With, he didn't say, let's start jogging. Let's start jogging. He just said, we are going. And he did. They went. And they conquered, glory to God. And they came back and on his way back, he met the king of righteousness. And he says, Abraham, you understand this source thing. We will preserve it in the ark. But for now, take bread. Take wine. Abraham said, yes, sir. Paid the tithe. The word of God is sweet. The word of God is sweet. The word of, but you have to chew it. You chew it. Mm. Then you appreciate the sweetness. That's why sugar, I believe, is very, very anti-God. Because it starts sweet and it destroys at the end. But this one is like, mm, Leviticus, Scarlet, Yan, mm. But as light comes, it now begins to taste sweet. You can't even read anything else. You can't watch anything else. It's become too sweet for you. So Abraham, going back home, he, 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 he just said, Lot, Lot, you good? Next time, call me. Call me fast. You have my number. He said, you change your line. He said, I'm sorry. I have my new line. They have the one on speed dial. Say, Lot, yeah, see, Lot was feeling. He said, Lot, you are still family. Yeah, my blood. In fact, when they told him, they said, Abraham, your brother. He, that, that means that Abraham related with Lot not as nephew, but as brother. Read Genesis 14. When they came to tell him, they said, your brother, as they were so sure that you've taken this guy, this guy that does not know you, you've honored him. Now he's been captured. Shouldn't Abraham be saying, hmm. He says, your brother. Abraham didn't correct them. He's not my brother. They, they were seeing relationship. They saw the way Abraham handled him. He said, Lord, call me fast next time. And that place you are living. Well, you chose it. Well, if you need help, I'm here. I'm here for you. He, everything, Abraham had no desire to keep one thing. He says, this one is product of sunlight and soil. But I have a source. A place that it is his presence that secures my blossoming. It is his presence that secures my fruitfulness. And sincerely, that's the state of my heart. That is the heart. That is the heart. Oh. Verse 22. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hands unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. He says he owns everything. 
that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, we made his rod bud. It was his presence. It was his presence. It was, it was El Elyon that did this. It was the possessor of heaven that, and earth that did this. So God says, concerning you, silence, murmurings, forget it. Glory to God. Are you still in church this morning? I said, glory to God. So number one is a heart that has settled its appetite. Number two is a heart that has lost its ability to complain. Number three, straightforward and the short one as we begin to round up. If I can have the hands on the strings. Number three is a heart that treasures his word. A heart that treasures his word. The three, the third component there, the tables of covenant. The tables of covenant. As we begin to tie this up, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, which is still fresh on our minds from love and light. It's still fresh for my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And these, hear me? The reason why God is sending these words to us is because these are the people God is raising here. A people with sincere appetite. You know the funny thing? We are going to be very blessed by the world stand. Look at Abraham. But our appetite is for him. Sincerely. Our source is him. We've, we've lost our ability to complain. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. We don't just, we, I can't, we can't say God, what God, why God? Mm-mm-mm. It is, the Lord is good. His mercy and yours forever. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, but, but, but they said the car is written off. For the Lord is good. What is car? The doctor says the chances are very slim. Thank you, doctor. I've, I, I just cannot complain. Oh, we are sorry to inform you. He's gone. She's gone. Glory to God. She's at home with God. You don't understand? There is nothing you can say that can make this heart complain. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, God, we were so sure. We held on to your promises. We held on to your word. I had a token. I received the word. I, we've lost our ability to complain. As long as we are in his presence, we know we are not being bullied by demons. If we are not there, then we should be worried. But if we are there in his presence, what is a house? What is a car? What are these things to the possessor of heaven and earth? What is that matter to El Elyon, the most high? What is it really? What is it? What is it? What is it? This heart is a heart of worship. It's a heart of thanksgivers. A heart of praises. We don't know how to complain here. Why? Number three. The tables of covenant. A heart that has treasured his commandments. First John chapter 5 and verse 2. You know, you know, you know David. David is one of the best examples of what we're talking about. That his longest conversation was dedicated to this number three part because this is what really feeds the others his word his word but this is not just i read my bible pd said we should read epistles i'm reading epistles 
I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a cell pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. So I have to read. I have to study. There's a place for that. This is really my best movie is his word. My best novel is his word. My best book is his word. My best friend is Jesus. I just see him everywhere. I see him in Genesis. I'm, I'm reading about tabernacles. I'm seeing Christ. I'm reading about all sorts. I'm seeing Christ everywhere. I, it, it's just, I, I, my heart has become obsessed with him. A heart that treasures his word. A heart that's one hour to read. I won't choose that novel. We'll choose God's word. A heart that has three hours break. And instead of going back to Netflix, we'll say, let me just spend time with the Holy Spirit. Let me just, let me just love upon the Spirit. A heart that recognizes these things won't help me. These things that the world is aggressively selling and putting under our faces and under our noses, they don't satisfy. They don't satisfy. My treasure. Can you bring it up a bit? My priority. And who can compare to you? Hmm. And great is the measure of your royalty. Oh, morning star, you truly are everything you can't be reading one verse per day and say you treasure his word that's not treasure this is not this is not judge this is not judgment it's it's let's we can audit your time we can audit your consumption i'm not talking about how much you memorize this is not about memory this is about this is what i want to do sometimes you read three chapters four chapters it's as though what did i just read i can't even remember one verse but you are feeding your spirit first it's, it's not a waste of time. I don't know who that is for. It's not a waste of time. Eventually, you begin to master his treasure that his word now becomes a very part of you. Your sentences are now scripture. Your thoughts are now scripture. We get there, but we don't get there on day one. Day one, it's almost like, what did I even just read? But you stay there. You stay there. First John chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God. When we love God. A heart that truly loves God. And that heart that truly loves God is not the heart that is able to shout, God, I love you. No. It's a heart that is able to keep his commandments. A heart that is able to treasure his word. A heart that is going to say, God, you are my everything. And God is saying to you, mean it. Look at him. God told Moses, he said, come up. Come up. Because see, every form of love, any untested love is fake love. Any untested love is fake love. Moses came to the mountain, cloud covered. Joshua was there at the foot of the mountain. And God said, Moses, stay there. Let, let's know why you are really, really here. Are you here so that Joshua can take a picture and say, hey, Moses on the cloud? Is that you will stay there day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven. God now said, come, come. If indeed is your treasure. If it is your treasure, you will stay. You will stay. I'll put you in front. Front of my melodies. Ha, 
You are all that matters. You are all that matters. I'll make room for two. You and I, Lord Jesus. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything. The heart he will not refuse. The heart that will say, yes, this, this one, this one. A heart that has sorted out its appetites. A heart that has silenced murmurings. A heart that has treasured his word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just take a minute and say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing me me. This message has come to help me, to build me, not to judge me. Thank you because you have come to reveal to me the gaps. Remember, David said, I was chasing after him. Yes. <laughs> I was running after him. I desired him. I, he says, I followed hard. But it was his right hand. He was already giving us a picture of grace. You can't do this by your strength. You get tired. It's exhausting. I, I, I can tell you, you will, you will stay for a few days at best. And then you are gone. You wake up at 5 a.m. A few days at best. And you're gone. You might start from Genesis. By the time you get to... You're gone. We don't sustain this by flesh. It says your right hand by your grace. For it is you that works in us. Both to will and to do. Both to will and to do. The more I know you. The more I want to know you. Jesus, more of you. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny about that song? He's giving us everything. He's giving us all of Him. We are the ones that are <laughs> that are that are tearing up layers. The more I know Him, the more I want to know Him. Jesus, more of you. Please, can I have someone on the symbols? I was about to round up, but there's something the Lord wants to do. I know we did it already, but the Lord wants us to sanction it together. Just to join our hands together in faith. The Lord says, I want to silence murmurings. I don't know who that person is. There's a voice speaking against you. <laughs> There's a voice speaking against you. The Lord says he's going to silence it. And we join our hands together in the spirit. As you hit those cymbals as loud as you can. As you raise the strings loud. Father, by the authority in the name of Jesus by the rod of a superior covenant we decree every voice every accusation every murmuring against anyone under the sound of my voice against anyone who blood has been shed for against anyone who jesus has redeemed every course every divination every enchantment every murmuring every questioning every checking every rebellion we silence it in the name of jesus 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 If you go further in that chapter, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, He says, Keep, keep the rod of Aaron for a memorial. He says, But the other ones that brought their censors, He says, Keep it. Let them know that no one murmurs against the Lord's anointed. No one touches his anointed. 
I know we use that scripture saying, touch not my anointed for pastors, but boy, there's oil on your head. I'm talking about you. You are his called, you are his chosen. You are his called, you are his chosen. You are his called, you are his chosen. You've been consecrated, set apart for his glory. Therefore, once again, by the authority in the name of Jesus, as a lasting ordinance, I decree that you're untouchable. Your family is untouchable. Your home is untouchable. Your body is untouchable. Your health is untouchable. In the name of Jesus, everything that has tied you back, that has held you back uh, from going fully for him, uh, from making him your obsession, every distraction from the pit of hell, every covenant crying for blood, uh, by the authority in the name of Jesus, we decree that you are free. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Before I bring this morning service to a close, I want to agree very quickly with two categories of people. Number one, you're saying, PD, this appetite thing, I've tried it. There is sincerely a desire for everything else but him. Everything else. Everything else. Everything else but him. Everything else. You're saying, PD, can, can you pray for me? Yes, I can pray for you. The other group I want to pray for. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've not met him. The enemy has lied to you that you are not the one or you are not the kind that he saves. If there's anything you've heard today, God is not looking at the outward. He's looking inward. Searching for that heart. Searching for that one. The heart that will love him. The heart that we want him. The heart that can trust that indeed what Jesus did is enough. A heart that can truly believe it. That old song we used to sing back in the day says, It's enough for me. It's enough for me. The man of Calvary is enough for me. <laughs> A heart that can believe sincerely. Like that hymn says, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough. It is enough that Jesus died. That he died for me. That he died for me. Then I'm more than happy to pray with you. If you can just say with me wherever you are, if this is you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe your sacrifice is enough for me. I believe you died and you are alive today. Your sacrifice is enough for me. I believe I am no longer a sinner. I confess that you are Lord over my life, Lord over my soul. And I receive your grace. <laughs> David says, your right hand upholds me. I receive your grace. I can't do this by my power. I can't break that addiction by my power. I've tried it a couple of times, but I found myself going back. But this time I know now that it's not my hand, but your hand. It is not my power, but your power. It is not by me, but it is you at work in me. I receive the grace to love you, to serve you. I might be surrounded by a lot of pretenders, but I will follow you for real. I will chase your presence for real by your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I join my faith with that many who are saying, I've tried to fix my appetite, but the appetite ain't fixing. I've tried to stick to my Bible plans. I just can't keep up. 
I've tried to wake up at five to pray, but I, I, there's something else at work. And I come and I speak over your life as one cent. Whatever, whatever power struggling with God's destiny over your life. And as a glimpse of what you will become, having surrendered fully to him. That really is what scares the enemy. He will rather, he will push, see, you don't understand, he came to Jesus and said, see, I'll give you everything. He will rather push these things in our, in our faces as far as you won't go for God. And God is saying, if you have me, you've got everything. If you have me, you've got everything. Give me Jesus. Everything else can wait. More than my silver, more than my gold. Once I have Jesus, I have everything. So whatever power is sponsoring that value, that value gap in your mind, convincing you that those things are worth getting now and keeping rather than him. When in him, there is him and everything else. I pray that those chains over your life are broken. Those chains over your mind are broken. That there is a release of strength in your inner man. There is strength on your inside. Some of you, we are just a, we are a discipline away, sincerely. And I say this by the Spirit. You are just a discipline away. By being firm with your decision. That this is not me trying to be bold here. Yeah? This is the Spirit of God giving me audacity. And by God's grace, I am not going back there. By God's grace, this is my new schedule. I will wake up to His Word. The first thing I will see is His face. The first thing I will hear is His voice. The first thing I will say is His name. By His Spirit. By His Spirit. By his spirit, the chains are broken. By his spirit, the chains are broken. By his spirit, I am set free. I am liberated. He is my obsession. He is my obsession. It is so. I said it is so. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, come on church. Come on church. If you can help me jam those hands together. And give the Lord a big shout so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info info at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate god is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon remember you're a champion god bless you